0: So we're still uh, at the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah and um, we've reached Ayah number three I believe. We didn't really finish it last class because there's really three elements to um, this Ayah, right? There's uh, what is it talking about? Just for those of you who are new here, the context is where Allah is describing who the muttaqin are. Who are the muttaqin who benefit from Allah's guidance? So Allah started off this surah by saying that that book, ذلك الكتاب la ريب فيه للمتقين, that that book, i.e. the Quran, it's guidance specifically for those who have taqwa. This thing called taqwa, which which really means, who can remind us? What does it really mean? Muttaqin. You guys remember? It's this attitude of wanting to protect yourself. Right? Taqwa from Wiqayah, to protect yourself. This attitude of being careful, being aware of the harms around you, being someone who cares about yourself so much that you don't want to fall into danger. Right? So that's the attitude of someone who will benefit from guidance. Whereas the opposite of muttaqi is someone who's careless. Sah. Someone who doesn't care, someone who doesn't. He does whatever he feels like doing without even thinking about the consequences right and uh, so a muttaqi is someone who's gonna put in that extra effort to seek guidance okay but then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on and he describes what their qualities are these muttaqin. so number one quality was those who believe in the unseen yuminuna bil-ghayb. and we talked extensively about what are the different types of ghayb that they believe in you can refer to the recordings that we've uh, already posted in the group and then the second part of that discussion was, "وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ" الذين يُؤْمِنُونَ بالغيب. And then a consequence of that was, "وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ". And we talked extensively about what to الصلاة means, establishing salah, establishing that connection with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. It's very very different than just praying, right? إقامة means establishing it, doing it really for the right purpose itself. And we talked about how many benefits of salah, fifteen benefits of salah, right? Um, and all of these benefits come back to us. Now what's the connection between yuminuna bil-ghayb and Salah? It's as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that like all of us want our children to be people who pray, right or no? What's going to be their motivation to pray is if they have belief in the unseen. Because Salah is all about connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's about remembering the Day of Judgment, which, which are all aspects of the unseen. Whereas people who are materialistic, people who don't care about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, about akhirah about you know, Jannah, nar, and all these unseen aspects of life, for them, they won't be interested in Salah, right or no? Because they want to make money, they want to get the car, they want to get the house, they want to think about physical realities. Whereas the first quality of the muttaqeen is they are more interested in the spiritual realities of life. And all these spiritual realities Are things that are of the unseen And so Salah is a natural consequence Of someone who has believed in the unseen Right Because you Since you believe in that deeply You believe that your only source of peace Remember we talked about Iman Iman literally doesn't just mean belief But a belief that results in a sense of peace An inner peace in your heart Right And so those who really seek that Inner peace Will have to as a natural consequence, seek it from salah. Seek it from remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the ultimate remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is through salah, right? It's through uh, standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's through reciting Qur'an. It's through connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through salah itself. So you see how it's connected? Yes, everything. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is building the argument in a very connected and very logical manner, right? But then today, what we're going to talk about is the next step. وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَىٰ And then a natural consequence of these people is that وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ Okay? So, what's the connection between الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَىٰ وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ What's the connection? That's what we're going to look at today. Okay. So, first of all, they have إِمَانِ غَيْبِ which leads them to pray And then now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about this idea of infaq Today we're going to only talk about infaq Just this last part of this ayah right? A very uh, shallow translation of that is And from whatever we have provided for them They spend Okay, yunfiqoon And the word yunfiqoon um, comes from the root word nafaq What is a nafaq? It's a tunnel, صح? a tunnel. And what's so special about a tunnel? A tunnel has an opening from one side, it goes underground and it has another opening from the other side. Yes or no? Yes, so tunnels. Um, similarly, the, the word munafiq also has a common kind of root word, nafaq. Why? Because munafiqs, and we we'll talk about munafiqs later on, right, in Surah al-Baqarah, but a munafiq is someone who chooses whatever is comfortable for his life right so they have two two you can think of it as two faces right they're in the middle and and when for example the for them it's more beneficial to be part of the believers they come out the hole of the believers and they act like they're believers but when being a believer is difficult or when there's more benefits to become with the non-believers then they come out the other hole you see so they're they're playing smart. They're trying to have two faces. That's why they're called munafiqeen. right? But what is the connection between nafak or tunnel and spending? That's what we're going to look at today. Inshallah, okay. What is the connection between a nafak or a tunnel and spending? Anybody has any like insights on this? Very good. Exactly, so yeah, you basically let it flow So think of it, one hole is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala providing for you And the other hole is it comes out through you So you become an instrument of giving And the more you give, the more you get So it's this ongoing cycle, right? Where if you store, which is greed, right? That's the the story of greed which is going to come on later on Which is really the story of um, Adam, alayhis salam right? What made him and his wife eat from the tree, the forbidden tree? It was this idea of greed, yes? So that's the story of greed that's going to come up later on. But Allah addresses infaq to to tackle that issue of greed right from the beginning. That there's going to be two ways of living life. One would be a life where you are concerned about giving, about infaq. And the other mindset would be accumulation or wanting more and more and more. And that is what greed is all about. So this is... Another interesting thing about this ayah is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't just say, and those who spend. He says, and those who spend from what we have provided for them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also highlighting here what? That whatever you're giving, it's not yours to begin with. See? So Allah's putting us in our place by reminding us that everything we have doesn't belong to us. Right? It all came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So You know, the the one who is greedy, what makes them have this attitude of greed and the attitude of being stingy and holding on to what you have? It's because what they think is that they actually own this stuff. They earned it from their own smartness, their own effort. (laughs) right? But Allah is reminding us that, listen, everything that I've provided for you, everything you have, was given to you by me. Which is Allah's beautiful name, ar-razaq. Right? So, everything that we, we have technically, we don't really own it. Yes? Is there another word that's best, best, and tall? Yeah, as And we said, how it's free flowing and continuously. Yes. Is there another word that's just giving one? So, there's a'ta' also, right? A'ta' is, yes. is one of them. Yes. A'ta' is one of them. But here. Is there another one Quran? Yes, so a'ta' is موجود في for Quran. Um, and there could be others also. But the idea here is like the choice of words is like it's perfectly fitting because you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's connecting giving to what we receive from him, right? In faqh, right before that he's telling us it's been provided to you. And another really, really important subtle point here is that wamimma actually means waminmah. Waminmah, when you combine it, it's wamimmah. What what does wamimma razahnahum mean? Allah subhanahu is highlighting that He doesn't want us to Spend everything that Allah has provided And forget yourself Right means, And from what we have provided you Spend Because you know there's another problem In, in, uh, in some people's lives Is that they um, Sometimes take this idea of infaq To an extreme Where all life becomes Is giving, 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 giving and what's happening to them, they're burning out themselves, right? They have forgotten themselves. And that is actually a form of doing injustice to yourself, dhulm nafs Like just uh, last week, I was uh, coaching um, a couple who have you know, a lot of marriage problems. And I was talking to the wife separately for about two hours. And she explained to me how like, she spent the past 18 years of their marriage, like she gave everything to her husband right and she never gave time to herself she never you know uh invested time in herself never took care of herself it was all about husband 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 and at the end her husband now has affairs with other women around her right and she's gone through like major depression and she feels broken and because throughout these years she you know was into infaq so much that she forgot herself so Allah here through this Small word, waminmah, he's highlighting that from don't don't give everything that I've provided you. No, keep some for yourself and spend the rest. Don't try to be superman and, and give everything you have. And you know, here just a side note, sometimes like we hear stories of like the sahaba, like Abu Bakr Siddiq, You know, he when whenever the Prophet would raise money for let's say a battle or for some fundraiser, right? Abu Bakr Siddiq would be like from the highest iman. And so that he would spend everything he has. right? And so that sometimes excites us to also want to give everything. Like let's say you have a thousand dinars in your bank account, you give everything. And you think that that's something, wow, that's, you know, it's a sign of true iman or a sign of high belief. But what they don't realize is that yani, Abu Bakr sadiq was a businessman. He was in the textile business. right? He uh, had assets. And think of assets today as... What is an asset? Asset is something that you own that generates income. Yes or no? So let's say for example, you know, a, a multi-millionaire has fifteen, twenty properties, and each property is giving him income. So if you take all the income of that month and you give it all away to the poor, are you gonna broke uh, are, are you gonna be broke the next month? No, because you still have assets that are gonna give you money, right? And so people like Abu Bakr Suddiq and Umar Rada'an, you know, these people who are known to give extensively. You know? They used to give, but they had regular sources of income coming in. They had assets. Right? And so, for someone who doesn't have any assets, all he has is life savings of, let's say, 5,000 dinars, and they go and they spend it all for you know, Syrian refugee camps. That's not what Allah wants us to do. Right? He wants you to spend, but smartly. That's why Hattah Zakat, and it's a minimal uh, percentage, right? What's the percentage? 2.5%, and it's nothing. Why? Because Allah wants us to take care of our own lives also. You have family to take care of, you have bills to pay, you have to prioritize, right? So don't get too excited about giving, giving, giving. So Allah's saying, and from a little bit from what we've given you, spend. So there's this lightening of the burden. Right or no? Because some people like actually burden themselves and they burn themselves out by just giving, giving, giving. And their life becomes and a lot of wives go through this specifically, right? They just end up giving to the children, giving to the husband, and no time for themselves, no time for their health, no time for their you know, intellectual growth, spiritual growth, health, all these other areas. right? So, so, so important for us to you know, appreciate that Allah is giving us a break here. And he's saying, I don't expect you to give everything. Give a little bit from what we have provided you. So, good question. Razaknahum is in the plural form. Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks in that way. Um, and that's something that sometimes things that, like, language that kings use, right? We forgive you. We are pleased with you, right? So it's a sign of, like, majesty and uh, respect and honor. And Allah subhanahu wa um, sometimes speaks in the singular form, sometimes in the plural form. This, it's just basically language to make us realize The grandeur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Okay, clear? Good question though وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ And we'll talk about this concept of adding value يُنْفِقُونَ means spending But it also sometimes is misunderstood to mean money Like Like We often think about infaq as money But is infaq limited to money? What are other forms of risk that we can spend from? Time. Very good. Time is one of the biggest ones. Effort. Effort, like what kind of efforts? Oh, go, uh, helping yes, helping somebody out, Teaching. even teachings, even a smile. صح? Can a smile also be in faq? Yes. Absolutely, right? Um, helping someone out with an idea, helping someone at work, or. Whatever it is, like there's, diff- there's so many creative ways where you can do infaq. So It's not just limiting it to money itself, right? So, it's more about giving value back. And we'll talk extensively about this, inshallah, in the coming slides. And here also what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is kind of highlighting is that this rizq that I've given you is going to come by default, right? So our focus shouldn't be the rizq itself. Because that's coming from Allah anyway. What should our focus be? The giving part. Okay, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is highlighting in this ayah that I'm gonna provide for you, guaranteed. But what you need to focus on is the infaq part itself. Okay, what? How do most people live their lives today? Are they focused on the giving or more on the? Getting the risk, getting their salary, getting married, getting, having children, having the house, having the car. We usually kind of focus more on the risk part, right? Rather than the giving part. So Allah is putting things into perspective and telling us what our focus should be. Allah Subh'ata is a rizq, and therefore, should we be worried about our risk? Should we be concerned about that? But often, this is what the case is. صح? Often, this is the reality. Everybody's concerned about you know the next paycheck or the next business deal or you know the next promotion or the next bonus. We're constantly worried, and there like there's a sense of fear that what if this risk is discontinued? What if this risk stops? And so Allah's giving us the comfort that the risk is on me, and focus on you. And you know we'll talk about it later on, but I'll just give it to you right from the beginning i'll give you a, a you know a snippet of that is when you just when you focus on the risk part when you get stressed out about the risk, then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make you struggle because you're you're focusing on the wrong thing and we'll talk about that inshallah later on so think of it as this um guaranteed risk from allah guaranteed protection from you know any form of uh instability in your in your life so it's as if allah is telling us that this risk you know whether it's money car house marriage these are your rights these are your god-given rights and you will get them by default you don't have to worry about it too much you need to focus on the infaq part okay and what do most people do today they focus on the risk part, right? How am I going to get the job? How am I going to get the business? How am I going to get this, the car, the house? And so our focus is on the wrong thing and therefore we suffer. Right? Another beautiful idea about um, infaq uh, in and this tunnel is that there's this law, a universal law called the law of compensation. Some consider it to be a spiritual law also. The law of compensation. What you sow, you reap. Yes, you reap what you sow. So basically the way it works is that whatever value you give to anybody around you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make sure that you get compensated for that sooner or later. It's, it's not gonna go wasted. That effort is never gonna go wasted. It's always gonna come back. And so that's something that should give us a sense of relief. Now, nah, whatever I'm giving, because so, sometimes w- what tends to happen is, this happens with employees all the time, right? In jobs. They tend to not give 100%. Why? Because they may feel unappreciated. They may feel that, well, uh, you know, no one really um, compensates me enough, and so why should I give 100%. Whereas, when we understand this formula that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la will guaranteed compensate me for whatever I give, then that becomes your motivation. And if you think about it, like, what's the secret to getting promoted at work? Like, if you just notice people who you know, get promoted, what's common in them? Yeah, working hard, they give their best, but they actually, they do more than what's required. <laughs> the overcompensation. So when you get over, when you give more than you're expected, that's where, you know, Allah subhanahu wa taala will ensure that that excess that you've given will come back in the form of a promotion, in the form of you know, some uh, advancement in your rizq. Isn't it true? We often think of people who give extra time and extra effort as like, um, any losers or people who are like, um, uh. Too materialistic to want the, the promotion And they're basically like the, the pet of the boss You know how it is right? in, in the corporate culture But these are the people who make it Why? Because they're working with this law And that law is called The law of overcompensation When you give more than what you're expected to Allah will overcompensate you With something better itself. So that's So you see how infaq works Right? You can give Equivalent to what you have, you can give more than what you have And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always make sure that you get compensated So think of infaq also as like this this idea which we keep hearing about is Your gift, right? Every single one of us Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has expectations from us in terms of life The purpose of life And so Allah is reminding us right from the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah That your life is not just about eating drinking sleeping buying a house buying a car getting a job having a business and you know getting married and having kids and that's it that's that's not why allah created us right allah created us for a higher purpose allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us with expectations to give back to do this thing called infaq in whatever way we can right and every single one of us has different areas where we are talented at things that we're passionate about and so every single one of us can in one way or another contribute to this earth and that is really what the 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 role of the khilafa is right remember when we talked about the purpose of life we talked about the fact that our purpose is really two things it's a combination of two things on one hand there's which is our willingness to submit to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right it's upwards therefore it's Establishing that sincerity with with between you and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and then the other part of your purpose is khilafa, which is fulfilling your role on earth, fulfilling your role of making this world a better place, for making a difference in this world. And that could be through your your charitable work, that could be through your business, that could be through your uh, job or whatever it is that you do, right? And so, it's a beautiful balance between the two, because you know you have. Extreme, sometimes you have people who just do ibadah, ibadah, ibadah And for them they think that ibadah is all about just praying and fasting And doing your dhikr and reading Quran and that's it And they don't really think about their role as a khalifa on earth They don't think of that responsibility on earth And on the other extreme you have people who do a lot of khilafa, right? But Allah is missing from the picture So for them it's, yes they're doing a lot of charitable work They're you know, establishing businesses, they're adding value to humanity but it's more about themselves, right? And their contribution to earth. Allah is missing from the picture. So, so the Surat al Mustaqeem is this beautiful balance between these both purposes. On the one hand, you have Ibadah, and on the other hand, you have Khilafah. And together, those uh, bring you to that, that sweet spot in between, which is that Surat al Mustaqeem. And what's really cool about Surat al Mustaqeem is, you know, this word Mustaqeem. Part of the meaning of it is The path of values I've talked about this before But we'll refresh also The path of values Al-qiyam in Arabic right? Qiyam or values that straighten us up That make us think right And so Allah expects us to be people Who are values driven And what would be the opposite of values? What's the opposite of values? Immorality, very good The Arabic word for that in the Quran is Al-Hawa Or al Shahawat. Al-Hawa Is when you're just basically um, All you're thinking about is yourself And what's in it for me What's in it in terms of my desires My empty, uh, immoral desires okay. So you've got Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Who's created this man or this insan Right Man or woman He's created them With these two purposes And He expects us He's given us the choice First of all Which is again Part of the The beauty of Our purpose Right Is that Allah's given us the, the option To choose which path we want On one hand There is the Surat al okay, The path of values Which Can be translated Also beautifully Into Isma Allah al-husna The beautiful names Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all of these beautiful names of Allah Are actually in fact values So part of it can be giving um, You know Infaq in terms of love right? Infaq in terms of money Infaq in terms of Ideas, creativity right? let's, let's do a quick exercise Here on how Asma Allah Are connected to values So for example um, A teacher What name of Allah Would be connected with The teaching profession Okay, so, so the name of Allah is Al Alim, yes, Al Alim, right? The source of all knowledge, and therefore you, as a teacher, become an instrument for Allah's knowledge to spread on humanity. You see how cool that is? Yes. Um, what about a doctor? The profession of being a doctor, a shafi. So that word or that name uh, is very common, but it doesn't exist in the Quran. Yani. But the, the correct word for that would be, or the correct name would be al bari al bari which literally means the healer, right? So yes, you as a doctor become an expression of Allah's healing on earth. Al-Shafi is it's, it's commonly you know, known to be one of the names of Allah, but in the Quran it doesn't exist as the name of Allah. No, it doesn't. No, not, not there's I think seventy two or so. Yeah. Um, what about a graphic designer or someone who's into fashion designing or interior designing or al musawir? Very good, al musawir, right? From creativity, from pictures, people who have that artistic nature. Um, and you sh- so you see how like Allah's names are like covering different aspects of us. People who like numbers, like bankers, accountants. What name of Allah do they have? Al hasib, very good, al hasib, from numbers, right? Al-Hisab Mathematics Um, And then we have Let's say someone is A lawyer What name of Allah would the lawyer have? Al-Adl Yes Uh, Again Al-Adl doesn't exist in the Quran It's one of those common things Allah is not just actually Allah is uh, so yeah, Allah is merciful, He's not just. So Allah is beyond justice, right? If Allah was just, we would all be destroyed today because of our sins and our shortcomings, right? So Allah is Rahim, right? He's not just. But uh, al Waqil, lawyers, al wakil right? The one that you trust. Because your lawyer, literally in Urdu, Waqil is literally known as a lawyer because you're entrusting him with your case so they can win the case for you. What about someone who has a huge business with thousands of employees? What name of Allah are they living by? Yep. Very good. Al-Ghani or Al-Razaq also, right? Because imagine like someone like, I don't know, Lulu, Lulu Hypermarket. Like how many people are shopping there to get their provisions on a day-to-day basis? How many employees is he hiring? How many families are being fed just by working in that like a huge organization, right? So you become a source of Allah's risk on earth. Because if you think about Allah's names, yes, Allah is a rizq, but how does that risk come in your pocket? How does that risk come in your, your stomach? Through someone, right? Through someone who Allah has enabled to distribute this risk to. So literally, Allah chooses certain people for um, fulfilling, or you can think of it as implementing Allah's names on earth. And the more sincerely you do it, the more Allah will keep giving you. More and more and more and more. right? So it's so beautiful. Like, um, if you just thought about your profession as... Like, I use this with my job as a banker. right? As, um, one of Allah's names is ال- al-ghani and al-wasi. Al-wasi means the one who gives in abundance. Right? With no limitations. From wus' which means expansiveness and no, no limits. So my job as a banker is to make my clients wealthier. Okay. So my motivation to go to work every day is I'm going to go meet my client and sell him something that's going to make him more ghani, more wasa. Right? And the more um, you know, sincere I am in my job, the better I'll do. Right? So that is the mindset of people who kind of are values driven. Okay? You're driven by values. You're driven by giving. In Notice, the teacher, what does he do? What is he spending? What is he giving? Knowledge. knowledge, right? He's spending knowledge, right? He's not there to take anything, he's just there to, to give more and more knowledge the, the healer is there to give more healing The provider for, for razaq, they're, they're there to provide okay? The graphic designer is spending in terms of their ideas and creativity Hatta, there's another name of Allah, al-Khaliq, which means from khalq, to create something so what profession would, would be fitting with, very good, inventors and people who create uh, concepts, ideas from scratch, right? Creativity. So also, hmm? IT. IT, yeah. IT, good question. What, what about IT and, and uh, networking and communications? What, what name of Allah would that be? IT, networking, communications. Ar-Rahim, right? Ar-Rahman, Rahim. Because Rahim, the connection between the mother and the child through the womb. So Ar-Rahim is all about connectivity, and Shaitan wants to disconnect, right? So the more you connect, the more blessed your job or your business is. That's no wonder. Like telecom companies make so much money, right? They're doing some khair yani. Even like social media, uh, like Facebook and you know, Twitter. It's about connecting. It's about bringing people together, right? So it's a, there is some value in it. Yes or no? Um, there's other cool ideas like Uber. What makes Uber so special today? Like, how come they're so successful? What are, what name of Allah are they um, activating? Think about it. You need. It's actually Ismullah Allah al qareeb right? They're they're bringing the car near you. So for you. They're facilitating this idea of going to look for a cab. The cab comes to you, Al Qareeb. Right? And there's, there's so many other ways of looking at, at these beautiful names of Allah. So, you guys get the idea? So, the true Abd of Allah is the one who is values driven and they're, they're focused on giving value. And um, what does Allah promise? The risk will come. So, what comes first, giving or taking? Giving comes first, right? That's that's what uh, needs some iman and ghaib. Why does it need some iman and ghaib? Which is interesting, right? Because Allah just talked about belief in the unseen. Well, how is that connected to this idea? Because logically speaking, someone would argue, well, well how can I give if I don't have? Exactly. For that iman and ghaib is this trust that, if I give, Allah guaranteed will give me back. But why do most people not think about giving? They focus more on getting. Because what's weak? Mm-hmm. Belief in the unseen. Imam Bil Ghayb is... Because it's not logical, right? I need to work hard in order to get my money. How can it come along? And so Allah's setting for us the right mindset. How, how we need to think. And you know, this beautiful ayah here where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Nahl, من عمل صالحا من ذكر أو أنثى وهو مؤمن Hayatan بأحسن ما كانوا يعملون. I'll translate it very quickly. So Allah says, whoever does عملة من عمل Whoever does righteous deeds, i.e. he fixes the earth, he does something that benefits the world. من عمل from male or female That's the condition. And and you know, when you're you're doing this amal Salih, when you're giving, you have firm belief. You have this iman. You have this sense of security that the risk is going to come along. Of course it's going to come along. I have no doubt. Allah says He will give him a beautiful life. And we will reward them with reward after reward after reward. يعملون, with the best of what they used to do. Right? So you'll be rewarded based on the best of your action. So this is Hayat tayyibah Hayat what? tayyibah a beautiful life. How many of you want a beautiful life? This is Allah's way of teaching us how to live that beautiful life. Because you know, another serious, serious problem in the way sometimes religion is taught to us and Islam is taught to us is, is that Hayat have you heard the term hayat al dunya? Yes, it's usually used in the negative sense, where sometimes preachers tell us to not focus on this hayat, focus on the Akhirah. Have you guys heard that before? Right, this life is a distraction. Focus on akhira. Don't get distracted by life. But that's not—it's not true because there is a beautiful version of life that we all aspire to want, right? And this is a hayat which will give you—you you know. Beauty in this life and in the next You're going to be living a hayat al Tayyibah A good life, a beautiful life Here and in the hereafter Right. So al-hayat al-dunya If you look at it from the Quranic perspective It actually usually is used in a negative sense Allah does tell us Beware of the hayat al-dunya Don't let the hayat al-dunya distract you But Allah called it al-hayat al-dunya Now what does dunya mean? Low, very good, from in a right? Low life, so it's as if Allah is saying there are two types of life There's this hayat and a beautiful, a pure life And then there's a low life That low life is something that Allah doesn't want you to be attached to He wants you to be attached to hayat in So what is this low life? So again, these smiley faces are there just to show you that You know, when you are values driven, when you are driven by infaq Then, will you be doing it with enjoyment? yes of course right and the provision will come along so are you going to be happy about that so it's as if you're doing what you enjoy what you're passionate about you're giving and you're getting at the same time so it's like this that flow is in place right you're in in the flow and that's what really this model is about it's about allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the center of your life and everything you do is really around allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right it's not about you it's about giving it's about fulfilling your purpose in this life. Whereas, al Hayat al Dunya, let's talk about the Hayat al Dunya now. What is this Hayat al Dunya? It's this other lifestyle, it's this other way of looking at life. Um, and, you know, commonly, the word ego would, would be the best to describe this, right? Ego. Where your life is not just about, um, or it's, it's not about others, it's not about Allah, it's about who? Yourself, right? Okay, so ego, like uh, one of my favorite authors, Wayne Dyer, he described it as edging God out. Edging God out. So when you take Allah out from the picture, and it's all about you. All you see is yourself. All you see is your desires. All you see is your needs, your greed, your temptations, your you know low lowly desires, and so then. You become someone who is seeking what? Seeking the provisions. You're not seeking to give value, you're seeking to get provisions, right? So your life becomes about accumulation. It becomes about how can I get more and more satisfaction from this life? Okay? And of course that's going to lead to misery, right? Why? Because you're, you're not fulfilling your purpose. Giving is part of... The secrets of happiness. It's one of the ways in which a human being feels fulfilled. When you're not giving, then you are missing something. There's something missing from your fitra. Right? Allah created us that way. Right? Um, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like in one ayah, He describes these people as ladina al dunya bil akhirah These people they have sold this hayat and bought what? hayat al dunya that low life they've made that terrible trade right? and فلا يخففوا عنهم, عنهم العذاب ولاهم ينصرون for them the pain will never end and they will never be victorious so Allah is here like warning us that listen if you choose this low life this life of ego this life of being self-centered then you will suffer a lot. Is it, does this mean Allah wants, to, wants us to suffer? Is that what it means? Does it, does it mean that Allah is warning us that He's going to punish us if we choose this life? No. Allah is just explaining to us how Allah's laws work. Right? It's, a, it's one of the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that if you choose to be values-driven and you focus on giving, you will guaranteed get. But if you focus, about, focus on yourself... And you focus on just getting Then you will suffer Because you're going against The the flow of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You're going against The the rhythm of life Right? Everything that Allah has created is, is like Think of the sun What's the function of the sun? Is to give or to get? It's all about giving, right? Same thing with the moon Same thing with You know, rain Everything around us Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has You know, designed it in a way where it fulfills its function. As for the human being, Allah has given us the option. He's given us that choice to decide whether we want to be in flow with the universe, or whether we want to be out of flow, where we're going to be suffering, right? And this is really the. Think of it as Shaitan's track, right? You have two tracks. You have the track of, you know, flowing with Allah's universe, and here you have the, the opposite track. Where you are just obsessed with your desires and your temptations and you're not really focused on anything but yourself. So let's do a comparison now, um, just to make sure that we understand the difference between values and shahwat, right? Or hawa. So we talked about uh, teachers who spend their knowledge, right? They give knowledge and they enjoy doing that. Now, could there be a teacher who gets into the profession of teaching but not because they're interested in teaching, purely because of the salary and the money? Yes? So what percentage of teachers do you think actually like are there to give rather than to get the salary? Few. Right? If you recall from school days, there's maybe one or two teachers that really had a strong impact on you, right? And the rest... Really no, not much impact. So that's, that gives you an idea of like, the different kind of approach to teaching. If, if you are getting to the profession of teaching for the provision, for the salary, for you know, just purely getting money, then there's not going to be much barakah in, in what you do. Right? So Allah wants us to be people who focus on the values rather than the money. You're not doing it for the money. You're doing it for the values. Have you heard of um, Khan Academy? S- Salman Khan, right? Sal Khan. So he's a classic example of this, right? I mean, he was an investment banker who was working on Wall Street, making millions of dollars, uh, running uh, a hedge fund there. He decided that, you know, for him, teaching was a passion that he enjoyed so much that he actually quit his job. Did he have risk? Did he have risk? Actually, no, I mean, because he was teaching voluntarily on YouTube, basically, for free. He was putting out free YouTube videos, teaching people. But he was focused on values. He was genuinely there, passionate to give knowledge. Because he was like a math genius. And his cousin, and a lot of people loved the way he taught. And so he was driven by values, not by the money. There was no money in it. He wasn't making any money from it. But then what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do? Anyone knows his story?: Yeah, it started with his cousin. He kept teaching, teaching, became very popular on YouTube, and then one day he gets a call from who?: Yeah, Bill Gates, yeah. Bill Gates calls him up and says, "You know what, I love what you do." Um, basically offered him like a blank check to continue what he's doing. But you see, sometimes Allah provides in ways that we can't see. That's really what Imam Ghaib is, right? is trusting that the money will come. But could, could Salman Khan have figured that out before he started this venture? No, it's impossible, right? And then, of, of course, one thing led to another, then Google approached him, and other entrep- like philanthropists approached him, and now, alhamdulillah, his foundation is like self-sustainable, right? And he's focused on just giving, 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 more and more and more, right? And so, for those who want to get into the teaching profession, Yani, this is something that we need to understand, right? Is that it's really about what you want to give. Same thing applies to, let's say, um, students on the other side of the coin, students. Why do most students go to school? What's like expected from them? Yeah, to get the job. I mean, knowledge, hopefully, yani, but... Very rarely do students go for... for they, they probably go for the grades, The shahada, the, the certificate, or, uh, you know, you ask any child, why do you go to school? It's because I need to get a job, صح? But what are they focused on? If you're focused on the, the shahwa of a certificate, or a job, or, you know, to get into a nice college so that you can graduate and get, a, get money and, and buy the car and buy the house then that's a shahwa. that's, you know, that's not going to be an enjoyable four years of college for you, right or no? But if, if, if those two same students go with the intention of, I want to learn, I've chosen this major because I'm, I really am interested in learning, I want to, you know, develop my knowledge further and, and, you know, be able to give back whatever I've learned, that becomes a value. Now, think about two students. One goes into computer science because of values. They want to understand the science and be able to contribute back to humanity. Versus someone who gets into computer science so he can get a nice job. Who's going to enjoy their studies more? The first one. And they're probably going to not just enjoy, but they're probably going to do well also. Okay. But that's, again, one of the flaws of our educational system is that we... Rarely focus on the values. It's more about the grades, 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 deadlines, homeworks, assignments, projects. And uh, you know, subconsciously, you start hating school. You start hating your teachers. Why? Because it's so dry and it's all based on results and, and like no values, right? The teacher doesn't care if you got it or not. They want you to pass you know, in whatever way you can. And, and most probably that's through memorization, صح? Wrote learning. That's what most of us do. We memorize the answers, pass, and then we forget everything. صح? Unfortunately, but there is another way of looking at it. Same thing with like, let's look at marriage, right? How can we compare a values-driven marriage versus a shahwa-driven marriage? So, what are the criteria today for getting married? If you were to choose a spouse. For those of you who are not married, like what would be your top? Like wish list. Ah, <laughs> Hasan, So you know, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi hadith tells us that you know what? Some of you get married because of looks. Some of you get married because of the the money or the family, right? But Allah tells us, or the Prophet tells us, that go for the one with the with the deen and you will be safe and here deen doesn't mean just you know someone who wears hijab or or prays or no it's about someone who has that right attitude and the right mindset where you know they're they, ha- they understand this concept here right because then that marriage is going to be blessed with values it's, it's going to be about giving to your spouse and you know I, from all the you know uh, people i work with for marriage counseling and stuff like that the number one cause of problems in marriage is, is where there is this ego that they are not giving me what I need. My husband doesn't give me time. My husband doesn't take care of me. My husband doesn't praise me. My husband doesn't spend time. It's all about what the other person is not doing for them. So you're focused on what? Getting or giving? Getting. And you constantly complain about what you're not getting. You see? So those people, they they go through a terrible marriage. Why? Because they're focused on the wrong thing. They're focused on getting. Whereas a values-driven marriage is a marriage where each, like the husband focuses on what I can give to my wife and the wife focuses on what she can give to the husband. It's not about getting, it's about giving. So you see how different the mindset is? Now, what, what are most marriages like? Are they focused on giving, most couples, or...? Is it more about getting? Right? But that no wonder there's a lot of divorces and there's you know people who don't want to get married because they're basically going down the wrong track. And you know, the Prophet ﷺ tells us this the best of you is the one who is best to his spouses, to his family. You know, so that is the real challenge here is how can I like The mindset should be for the husband How can I be the best husband to my wife And the wife should be thinking How can I be the best wife